Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. The Around the League Podcast excels at pitching woo. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Henderson. I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm great. Happy hump day. That's Wednesday. <laughs> it's true. The scintillating start to the show. Yeah, wow. well, I was waiting for you to you chime in there, Greg. Well, I like to just listen and see, see okay. how you guys are doing. Behind the glass today, the gold standard is out in his place. One of the early members of the ATL podcast posse. He is Alex Wilk. Hey there. What's up, Alex? Good to be back in the chair. Also known as Wilk Tie. Wilk Tie. Wilk Tie in yeah. some circles. How are you? What's going on? What if, what, we, we don't work enough together. What's new with you? Uh, nothing, nothing too much is new with me. Been off in fantasy land and uh, working on some other cool projects for NFL.com, depending on your definition of cool. Uh-huh. Um, so that's where I've been. So I apologize for uh, handing this off to... Crystal, what was her? What was Kerish? Come on, man, show some respect. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> totally, knows totally knows. Uh, I've been listening, I swear. Uh, and <laughs> I the bet. Gold Standard, uh, and they've been filling in admirably. Little fun fact: Gold Standard was recommended by Wilktai after Wilktai mm. quit us. So, good job, buddy. Thank you. Uh, we we are on a time schedule. Sessler has to get to the dentist for major major work that needs to be done inside his mouth region. Yeah, it's disturbing. I mean, I woke up. I had an early <laughs> shift, so you know. All night long, I'm trying to make sure I wake up on time to get to work on time. And I know that just what's waiting for me at the end of the day is a three-hour-long appointment with the dentist that Dan West and I all go to. Yeah, Dr. Pivo. Great guy. And Chris Wessling, he's in here with a new pair of braces. How about that? (laughs) Hope I can still get a date to prom. (laughs) (laughs) West's going the adult braces uh, route, and I respect it. And it's a lot different than when, Greg, you were saying it downstairs, and I agree wholeheartedly, um, when back in the 90s when you got braces, and I'm sure going back beyond that, it was even more uh, archaic. It was, you know, this metal poison put in your mouth, stabbing away at you, cutting your mouth up. Now he's got clear braces. You wouldn't even know he has them. 
Well, a lot of listeners don't know this because uh, I'm not on TV, but I have a stray hand David Letterman Madonna-sized <laughs> gap in my front teeth, and I am going to lose that, apparently. I'm on the fence about it, but I'm happy for you. Well, I needed to get the teeth straightened anyway. You know, Mark and I come from a generation where you didn't always get to go to the dentist when you were a child. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds sad. Were you guys born during the Great Depression? <laughs> well, you know, my parents had seven kids, so it was either Catholic school or keep going to the dentist. Well, we're behind your endeavors. They made and- the wrong choice, I feel like, overall. <laughs> And Dr. Pivo is really cleaning up financially off this group of men. Uh, all right, we got a big show today. Uh, we're going to go back to our roster reset series. We started that on Monday's podcast. We'll continue it uh, today by taking a look at two more divisions, the NFC West and the AFC South. So we'll go through those uh, divisions and break down what's happened uh, since the end of the season through free agency and the draft on the way. Uh, we'll also, as we always do, we're going to start with the news. And Alex Wilk, uh, this is something that the gold standard is very good at getting us into. Can you now get us into the news? Yes, I can. All right. Alex Mack expected to sign an offer sheet with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, Alex Mack is the Cleveland Browns center who is was given the transitional tag. And now the Jaguars are expected to uh, make quite a, a lucrative offer, it sounds like. Uh, gentlemen, I ask you, are the Browns actually going to let this guy out the door? This is a big-time player. We talked about this on Monday, and now it looks like what we what was going to happen, or we what we thought was going to happen, the Jaguars are going to make their play, and it looks like it's happening. I think we have to see what contract is assembled here by the Jaguars, because it sounds like they might you can't do the poison pill with the transition tag, but they could try to front-loaded or structured in a way that's not attractive to Cleveland, but the Browns have more cap room than any team, and they've said over and over they want to keep them. Jimmy Haslman, the Browns, I think we're trying to fire preemptive shots by saying we want to match anything that comes out there. We want Mac to stay, almost telling the Jaguars, don't even bother with this monster contract. Uh, and I think this report initially coming out was really a shot right back at the Browns because it came along with some language that Mac really wanted to play in Jacksonville, you know, not in Cleveland. Let me ask a question to you three gentlemen. If the Browns wanted him so b- back so bad, why didn't they either use, A, the franchise tag so another team, no other team could come close to him, or work out a deal themselves? Why, why are they going through a middleman potentially and risking the, the chance that maybe there's some type of clause in the contract with, with the money, whether it's a bonus or something else that makes it – not wise for them to go down this route. Isn't this making uh, the situation more complicated for them? Well, well, one thing with Mac, I think they are not lying in the sense that Mac did not want to return to the Browns. He played for Mangini, Pat Shermer, and then Chud, and the whole thing was a big disaster, and he wanted to start over. He's from Southern California. You are Northern California. So then just let him go. Isn't a good part of his feelings on this because last offseason he wanted a long-term contract and they wouldn't give it to him? Right, which was a different group of people to some degree, but I think that he was probably done giving new chances to new regimes, and they did sit down with him, and they said they sat down with him and his agent for a long meeting, and they said it was a positive one, but he still wanted to go test the waters, and here's Jacksonville yeah, coming after join him. a stable organization like the Jaguars. No change there <laughs> over the last they are, five years. Well, wouldn't you argue that Jacksonville does have a plan right now? I, I like what I see out of everything in Jacksonville, but I don't think you're 
necessarily taking a sure thing when you go to the Jaguars. They've been one of the very worst franchises in the NFL for a while. Here's a hypothetical scenario. Alex Mack, one of the game's great Ironmen, has never missed a snap in his career. 5,150 straight snaps. Mm. What if the Jaguars just guarantee like 90% of his contract? Well, it sounds like from the Twitter stuff going around before we walked right up here that that is what the plan is. But when, why they wouldn't franchise him? Because you're right back here a year from now with a guy that still doesn't want to be with your team. They were doing it, I believe, as a sign of respect. They were. And they were saying, hey, you don't like the long-term offer we're giving you. Go see what you can find. Our NFL media insider... Ian Rappaport reports he's going to be the highest paid center in the league. So whether the Browns choose to match whatever the contract is or he goes to Jacksonville, Mac wins. So it worked out for Mac in the end either way. And I think that's basically what the Browns were trying to accomplish. After seeing what ha- how the uh, Jaguars GM operated in the Kevin Costner vehicle draft day, I'm surprised <laughs> they are potentially <laughs> pulling the strings on something devious here. That's pretty impressive. He was so frazzled in the film. <laughs> the old Dan, I think in real life, there's a different uh, man holding that job. Oh. And he's done quite a good oh. job was, so far. It yeah. will be an awkward press conference when the Browns match this deal like we think they will. I would guess that they will. We have to see the contract. Well, maybe you don't do a press conference for that one. Maybe you skip the press conference. And there. Mac will have to talk that, of course, he was fine and happy to be there the whole time. We've been waiting for Brandon Spikes to speak out about his unceremonious exit from the New England Patriots. On Wednesday, the new Buffalo Bills linebacker lifted his personal omerta with a couple tweets from his personal account. It's a code of silence. It's mafia talk. How about that? I think the viewership and wrestling by the look on his face needed that explained. And well, myself just, as well. I just <laughs> issued my own emerita thanks to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some tweets from his account. Spikes is, of course, Spikes, just as a way of setting it up. Spike, Spikes was uh, deactivated before the AFC Divisional Playoffs by the Patriots with a knee injury. Um, he said he was healthy enough to play. The Patriots, there are reports out there that maybe because he showed up late for a meeting, who knows what really happened. He kept his mouth shut before, during free agency, but now he tweeted on Wednesday, uh, the first tweet, great games on the schedule for 2014, but it's going to be like Christmas to hand <laughs> the Patriots. Has, by the way, just he wanted to get this across because hand the hashtag Patriots, hashtag Patriots Nation, an L twice, hashtag Bills Mafia. Uh, another tweet, it's icing on my cake to hand the Patriots two big L's this year. Hashtag just watch. And then, uh, and my favorite, four years a slave. Mm. What a clown. Ooh. How about winning the division once first before we talk about knocking the Patriots, Patriots off twice this in a personal. season? this is personal. I think this is just a more personal. Well, he's talking about handing them two losses. Last time I checked, you still have E.J. Manuel as your quarterback. Let's calm down, buddy. And, you know, you, you've you've <laughs> gone to a Bills team that has had – in terms of interdivision play, absolute disastrous tra- record against the Patriots over the last decade. You haven't played a meaningful snap for this team, and you've already given the Patriots, who don't need it, bullet port, bulletin board material. Uh, absurd. I like it. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, I understand it's fun and up. stuff, but it's you, you. This is not the most valuable player on Buffalo's defense, by the way. How about get in there, keep your mouth shut, and contribute? This isn't about the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. This is about Brandon Spikes feeling he was wronged by that organization, and he got a little frisky on Twitter. Come on, let's it have is, some fun. I, I like 
Spikes didn't like being in New England. He never really got along with Bill Belichick. It's fun. Division rivals throw some shade at it. I like reading this post, though. I realized Dan plagiarized his own <laughs> his own article. Omerta is on there, too. It's I guess Omerta. Omerta. And it's not plagiarizing if you wrote it. Yeah, no, that's true. It's a more a script in this case. What is Alex Wilk throwing his hands up behind the glass? I'm throwing my hands up because I haven't been in here in a while, and I forgot that Greg Rosenthal makes the weirdest hand motions I've ever seen <laughs> when he's trying to make a point. What are you, are you conducting an orchestra in there? You know, you're not the first person to make these comments. I'm, I get excited about the content. I know, maybe you sit on in on podcasts or fantasy shows where they're just going through the motions, but I, lo- I love what I'm you, doing. I get the excited. Hand motions is what you're doing. Uh, yeah, just wait till he gets out of the chair. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on this, fellas? Uh, this is the most one-sided rivalry in the entire NFL. <laughs> I believe the Patriots, they won 15 straight at one point, and then the Bills won in 2011. I think that's what got Ryan Fitzpatrick that massive extension yeah. uh, September game where they went off on offense and beat the Patriots. That's all going to change now, though, because Brandon Spikes has spoken. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. The 2015 Pro Bowl will be played in Arizona. Uh, Typically, the game is held in Hawaii. Uh, Of course, it was in Miami a few years back. When was that, 2006 about? 2010. 2010, excuse me. Now it's going to be in Arizona next year, and then it will return to Hawaii. Uh, It's planned to return to Hawaii in 2016. What do we think about this? Well, speaking of Alex Mack, Kevin Patra's wonderful Bert and Ernie style friendship with the <laughs> Brown Center would never Ooh, have happened call. if this Pro Bowl was not in Hawaii. Kevin Patrick covered the Pro Bowl for around the league this past January and met up outside a tiki bar of some kind with Alex Mack and talked. Literature? The future of books. Yes. Publishing, future. yeah. And that won't happen because. Is a big difference having. I went to Hawaii for my honeymoon. It was uh, it was quite amazing. I've never been to the Phoenix area. Uh, Phoenix Glendale. Glendale, yeah. Mark. I know you have some experience in that area. It doesn't <laughs> quite match up to Hawaii, right? Well, I think if you're a skill player or any player of note in the NFL, this might be your year to sort of tone it down. Bad get production. Hamstring. Yeah, you don't. This is not the year to go to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> But you, do you have any? You have some personal history in Arizona. You yeah, can't I, vouch for it. Right? Well, no, I, uh, I'm not going to dig too far into detail here. But <laughs> I think the listeners would like. To well, have let's some just say there was some... in my early 20s or mid 20s, uh, got involved in a scenario with an ex girlfriend <laughs> where we were planning to try to move from Boulder, Colorado to Los Angeles, and we had no money and we had like a camper van with a pop top <laughs> and this thing was on its last legs when we bought it and like your relationship right <laughs> well we're not together i'm with a i'm married to a wonderful That's what I mean, that yes relationship. that relationship was heading in new directions and um the this van broke down in, in phoenix in the middle of like late spring early summer when it's 115 degrees and maybe you shouldn't try to make a meth lab out of it i well <laughs> I lived in a, in, a, in a giant apartment complex and walked to work at a bank where I worked for HR. This sounds grim. It was awful. I mean, well, so I don't, I don't ha- you know. I do like the fact that you chose where you're going to live based on the fact that your car broke down there. <laughs> we, it was <laughs> a microcosm of all work. things. There was no money. There was no money coming in. It was desperate. Well, it could be cool there. The, the weather shouldn't be a problem. It was freezing the last Super Bowl in Phoenix. 
I, but I, I don't like it. I mean, I can't imagine the players like it. Your story didn't really – are you <laughs> saying that Arizona is a, a bad place for the Pro Bowl or for humans? For humans. Yeah. Phoenix is a bad place for humans, but Glendale is a bad place Shots. unless you're rich. I know – interesting. I know that they're trying to keep the Pro Bowl alive, and I know there's issues with the game in Honolulu that maybe go into the, the financial realm. But to me, if, the, if this game is still on life support – and they put they pumped in some new aspects of the game, and the ratings were okay, and it was a competitive game. But now moving it to Arizona, I feel like there's going to be players, and I don't want a shadowy league figure knocking on the door right now. But I'm a little nervous that the player is going to be less plugged in than ever, and this game this might be a death knell for the game. I'm a little nervous about it. Well, all the kickers, all the kickers and punters will be allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> more more people in town though. So maybe they'll just hang around, do the Super Bowl. I, I but was, that's what they don't want to do. I think they want to get away from a lot of that. I was there. I agree. It's not going to be as much fun as Hawaii. Why would it be? I was there for the Miami Pro Bowl. It wasn't that big of a deal. They had said at the time that they were going to start working that into the mix often, uh, almost every other year, and it's been, a, it's been a long time since they got back to it. And you know what, though? That was also Miami, one of the best party cities in America. This is Glendale, which is... Glendale. It's, wow. like that, it's like that scene in Wayne's World where they're going through different states where they're like on the there's like a green screen and they're like, I'm in Delaware. I mean, Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with a Dale on the end of it doesn't sound like a party. Hmm. That's interesting. Sounds more like a mental institution. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a little bit of news that that we uh, that happened after our Monday podcast. Jason Avant and the Carolina Panthers struck a one year deal. Uh, this is Wes. In your piece, you wrote this. This goes back to uh, the Moneyball approach that the Carolina Panthers are taking to rebuilding their wide receivers. So we have. Let's go over the list. So Steve Smith, Ted Ginn, and Brandon LaFell are gone. Jason Avant and Jericho Cotri. That's their one-two punch now. Unless uh, Tyquan Underwood is in that mix as well. Mm. They see Tyquan Underwood as their new Ted Ginn. They see Katri as their new LaFell. They see Jason Avon as their new Steve Smith. What that doesn't add up. Got a bunch of threes and fours there. I don't know. I saw someone tweet like well, they've replaced the reserves on their rosters, but they haven't replaced Brandon LaFell and Steve Smith. And I kinda of thought has anyone watched the same brand? Brandon LaFell was one of the worst starters in the NFL last year, wasn't he? And Steve Smith, as much as we like him, wasn't particularly effective last year either. How many rosters? <laughs> I'm just saying they weren't good last year either. How many rosters are Kachuri and Avant even making? Kachuri would make most. Kachuri, th- let's not confuse who Kachuri is. Nobody wanted him two years ago because he had ten touchdowns last year. Everybody thinks he's this playmaker now. You know what though? But nobody wanted him two years ago, and that was wrong because I think he was a good player that was overlooked, and now maybe people are overvaluing him coming off the ten touchdowns. But he's been a steady guy for a decade. He, there's not much difference between Jericho Kachuri and Nate Burleson. It's an awful group. There's no uh, well, arguing not, that. But it was bad last year, too, is what I'm and saying. And Carolina yeah. is going to— And it's even worse now. They're right. going to add receivers in the draft. This isn't the end. I mean, if they go into the season with, with this group, that is uninspiring. But I, I would be shocked if they didn't draft a wide receiver one or two. I don't think Avant's particularly a good bet to make the team, even. I mean, maybe, yeah, I maybe mean, he will. I'm maybe sure the draft will turn up a Leonard Hankerson type of receiver. This is all an excuse for something else to do with Jason Avanto, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, really, this is all what? just to get I'm to this I'm just waiting what right it here. is. <laughs> Alex Wilk behind the glass. Lay it on me. 
WATL right here. Jason Avon is a great receiver by the Philadelphia Sports Band. Jason Avon, he's the man. Jason Avon has got great hands. Jason Avon says, Avon, you catch a lot of balls, yeah. <laughs> Jason Avon is a great, 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 great receiver for the Eagles. He's Jason Avon, he's a fine man. I like Can you stop it for one moment? Or just lower it? You guys want to hear more? I think we got the idea. Let's hear yeah. a little bit more. Just a little bit more. <laughs> He's a tremendous athlete. Yeah, yeah, Jason Avant. He's very good at catching balls. All factual. A ball gets thrown to Jason Avant. He catches it. That's what he does. You get the, you get the idea. That is the Philadelphia Sports Band. Available on iTunes. Available on iTunes? Yep. Sounds like took, they took the intro from a 90s sitcom and <laughs> right. just threw Jason Avant lyrics on top. I think top we have, like, Bobbert Avant, younger brother on bass or something. How did that ever get cleared <laughs> by that band? I don't know. That and whoever The Philadelphia sports band must be pretty crestfallen that he's no longer a f- property of Philadelphia sports. Not literally crestfallen, though. I feel like they could. <laughs> I feel like they could get back in the lab and rework those lyrics a little bit. <laughs> I think there's a line in the end that he soars like an eagle, but he could still soar like an eagle or we'll like even, a plug-in uh, panther. We'll so. even offer the use of our lab. <laughs> By the way, the, the Philadelphia sports band, from my extensive research on the subject, you are a pro. I know. Uh, I believe is I also the uh, <laughs> the same group as the Los Angeles Sports Band, the Boston Sports Band, oh. uh, and I, something called the Athletic Sports Band, and mm. I don't know what that might be. Well, they, so they half-assed this one. Yeah. <laughs> they, they really get around. Did yep. they make the Blaine Gabbert song? It, it remind, it's very oh, well, reminiscent. We all, know there's great no, American or yeah. we all know there's no Jacksonville Sports Band. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, would th- I think that Blaine Gabbert song just came down from the heavens. <laughs> and if you don't know it, look it up. Um, all right, gentlemen. So we move on. The roster reset. What did we do on Monday? It was um, AFC West. AFC West we did. We broke that down. Why don't we start? Let's stick in the AFC, and we'll stick with, you know, we just talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars and maybe having a new expensive center. Mark Sessler, you crafted the AFC South roster reset. So why don't we start by just – Mark, give us a little overview of what's going on in the AFC South right now. I think one thing that's happening with this series, I've gotten a few tweets because what we're ranking is who improved the most from the end of the season to now. Not We're not ranking, re-ranking the AFC South. I think some people, just by looking to the subheads, are confused because I have the Jaguars as the team that improved themselves the most. Mm. I still look at the Indianapolis Colts. These people are idiots, though. I mean, well, Charles Barkley said that. About the people who didn't understand the whole team cast. I don't know if you were aware of this over the weekend. It does say right above the rankings exactly what we're ranking. I am not going you know to call our readers idiots. But anytime uh, you do a rankings, nobody reads anything before the numbers start. Right. The eyes go to the one, two, three. That's anyways. why I wanted this right above the numbers. Anyways. So the Jaguars <laughs> Point got being, the, Jaguars yeah. improved themselves the most. But it's the Colts, I think, that... They kind of struggled to walk away with the division. They, they had a down spell last year. I think they've gotten better. They've plugged holes. They're the class of this division still. But the Jaguars, to me, I think, like you said before, I think they have a plan. I think that Gus Bradley at, GM, or Gus Bradley at coach has been able to recruit players from around the league to come play for him. And, and two of them were uh, what I think is the most improved position group in the division, which is adding Chris Clemens and Red Bryan on the defensive end, on the defensive end position. 
think they're improved. They can do more of what they wanted to want to on defense. And you know, listen, if they get Alex Mack, that is a mm. that's a major major coup d'état. That's nice. my team of the group that uh, improved the most. All right. Well, okay. Tell us a little bit. You have the Colts second here, so. While they didn't make the big splash the Jags did, you're still happy with them. Well, I think they came close because Hakeem Nix is a guy that they got at a, at, a, at a relatively affordable cost who has a chance, I think, to break out the season. And I am not totally sold on Dequell Jackson, but that was a nice hole to plug. And Arthur Jones is, uh, I think, was one of our favorite players heading into free agency as a pass rusher. Definitely Wes's. He made three sandwiches off him. You know mm. <laughs> The Jaguars, who their line has been poor for a while would if they could get Mac have Mac uh, Zane Beatles Luke Jokel we don't know how good Jokel's gonna be but you got the makings of a pretty good group there and I think and I think Toby Gearhart was brought in at the right time and they they decided not to keep MJD which I think was the right time for them to let him go as well and they still have holes and they have needs but I, I, I something about that team that I find them interesting this season I think they're gonna be uh, not the cakewalk they were last year. If you got points in the NFL or wins for media members being on board and saying this team knows what it's doing, the Jaguars would lead the league right <laughs> well, now. They wait, are that team right now because everyone is loving the, this group, and maybe it'll work. But the difference is they don't feel like a completely lost organization like they did a couple years ago. And remember last year when in preseason when they attempted to run this hurry-up with Blaine Gabbard, and I remember in a podcast – we came in praising them. I I was all over them thinking we're going <laughs> to. I was wrong. That did not work. But I I do think that they have have a significant upgrade in talent this offseason. But and it always goes back to the quarterback. And it's they will stink again unless they they bring in a quarterback that immediately uh, you know hits it big in the NFL. They can make progress. I just are they going to get Johnny Johnny football? I don't know. Outside of a and Armageddon starting in Indiana and really gradually hitting the rest of the country. Is there any way <laughs> the Colts don't win this division by at least two games? Yes. Uh, I think the I think the Colts just their roster, they have Andrew Luck, but otherwise there's still so many questions that I don't think they're a lock. They have a lot fewer questions now than they did last January when they were in the playoffs. Their defense had a lot of problems last year. Plugging into Quell Jackson, who the Browns didn't even want, doesn't make me think they're great. And Arthur Jones, who's a well, I think correct question okay being because the problem here is that the this is one of the more bland divisions in the league. Name the second best quarterback in the division. Right? Who who's going to overtake them? It's the worst division in football, I think. Let's talk about the Texans. They're a team that they have the number one pick in the draft. Everyone picked them to be a super, or a lot of people did pick them to be a Super Bowl contender last year. The quarterback play helped sink them. They have the first pick. They could potentially improve greatly this year, can't they? Uh, this looks like a team to me that has a lot more holes than the owner was willing to admit when he says we're going to have a rapid turnaround and get right back to the playoffs. They ha- there's there's issues all over the place, and they've got they've got needs, and they also they have no quarterback. What are the issues that you spit? All right, quarterbacks one. What else? I think if you're Houston, you you need. Uh, Romeo Cornell's running a 3-4. You've got no real edge rushers there. You know, you could get Jadavian Clowney. That helps. But, I mean, honestly, what... That would be huge. You Outside of Arian Foster, you don't have a running back you can depend on. He's coming off back surgery. I think that there's issues at tight end, potentially. The, Owen Daniels is gone. I, the problem I see here is that the move to make is Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. 
But then you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick fit? as your quarterback. Right. Well, then you get a guy in the in the second round. You're right. It, all these teams, the Jaguars included, need a quarterback, and there's no easy solution because we don't know that these guys can step in. The Texans do, if nothing else, have some premier talent that even the Colts don't necessarily have as deep. Andre Johnson, Dwayne Brown, Chris Myers, Arian Foster, J.J. Watt. These are guys that have – Jonathan Joseph. These are guys that have been first team or second team all pros, like the very best at their positions. Yeah, I don't know if Joseph had a great season last year. No, I mean, their he didn't. secondary has Their secondary is not deep by any stretch. All right, and then the Tennessee Titans. This is not a team you get excited about, right? Titans seem to me like who's who's the big difference maker that you can anyone name a big difference maker Jake on this team? Locker, if he's healthy, Jarrell Casey. Casey, <laughs> or so your big difference maker is an interior lineman where you're missing players on their all over the an defense. An interior lineman, mind you, who who is changing positions because they're running a three four. I love Casey, but that's but this is a bland roster. No, what I'm saying is he was great as a four three defensive tackle. Now they're moving to a three four defense. What position does he play? And they've been. Very quiet. Probably the quietest team in the division. I guess the Texans have been even quieter. I mean, they brought in uh, Dexter McCluster, Michael Orr, Sean Phillips, Wesley Woodyard. These are all kind of like lower-level starters, not guys that you're going to be excited about. I think, if for me, if you had to make the power rankings of the least compelling, most milquetoast teams in the league right now, I think Tennessee's number one. If I'm a fan, if I'm a fan of the team, I'm hard. It's hard for me to get excited about the current pro- mm. product. And there's, you know, unless you really want to get beyond, get behind Jake Locker as a healthy, the healthy guy that will put it together like Matthew Stafford did after a couple of years of having injury woes. You know, that's a potential issue. Also, if he can't stay healthy, this team doesn't seem like it's close to anything right now. The Giants are grandfathered into that spot for me <laughs> for a decade now. They've been the least compelling team in the NFL. And the you, Giants, yes. Yeah, I'm two-time Super Bowl champions, not compelling in the league. They've made like what <laughs> is it, second most moves in the of the offseason. That's true. They've added the second most amount of players from other rosters. I think with sixteen players, the Buccaneers were first on that list. You know that this team is not compelling if Dan Hansis doesn't like them, even with the presence of his boy Sean Green. I love Shawnee Green, the Green Man, but uh, Shawnee. And, you know, <laughs> featured back. Yeah, can step into the role. Pencil in 310 carries. I'd say 1,800 yards and 21 touchdowns. I mean, that's the type of season that we're going to see from Sean Green this year. Uh, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, you can't get excited about this team. Well, the hope, I think, is Wisenhunt did do excellent work with Rivers last year, and he's done that with previous quarterbacks. And maybe he helps Locker turn it around. I think a healthy Locker for 16 games, we've never seen that. I, I recommend <laughs> any people that have – time on their hands and like watching quarterbacks. Go watch a couple of the Jake Locker games last year where he did well, and he was pretty fun He's to watch. athletic. And he made you think in those games, maybe he could be pretty good. And then, then he got Yeah, up. but a 16-game Jake Locker is like a chupacabra. We've heard a lot about it, it but have never seen it. Yeah. All right, so we talked about the AFC South. This is almost unfair to the AFC South, which is – you know, probably the least compelling uh, division in football. And now we go to arguably, I'm going to say it arguably, the <laughs> wow, Munson Werner blowtorch out of nowhere. Now we go to the most compelling roster in the NFL. Excuse me. Now we go to the most compelling division in the NFL, the NFC West. Greg Rosenthal, you wrote up our piece on the Around the League website. 
And what are you seeing right now? I didn't see a lot of action. I would say this was the quietest division in the league this offseason. And I think what the Seahawks and 49ers are dealing with were some of the problems that come with great success. They've been adding big pieces three, four straight years. And now, instead of continuing to add, they're thinking about re-signing these guys long-term. Both teams didn't have a ton of cap room to play with. The 49ers have signed the least amount of people from other rosters, only two. They also traded for a couple, Jonathan Martin and Blaine Gabbert. So overall, it's been a very quiet division. The Rams have done almost nothing, and the Cardinals were ranked uh, first on my list because of that. When you mentioned as the key additions Blaine Gabbert and Jonathan Martin, it was not a big uh, (laughs) offseason bizarre zone. (laughs) No, and the other moves that the 49ers made were just replacing their two cornerbacks. The only two free agents they signed from other teams uh, were Chris Cook and Antoine Bethea, which were just replacing guys in the secondary that left. Whitner and they cut Carlos Rogers. and So they have big holes in the secondary. The Seahawks, I think, are thinking about the future with Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas and Russell Wilson and signing these guys long-term. And the great thing for both these teams, they have guys in reserve. The Seahawks are so good because they're developing players. And so they have plans for the guys they're going to step up off the bench. And the 49ers have all these injured guys that they drafted last year, at least a couple of them, Tank Carradine, and uh, Marcus Lattimore that can step right into the lineup. All right, and for the you have the Arizona Cardinals as the most improved team in the division, and the denizens of Glendale want to know, are those improvements enough to make them a real player in the division in terms of competing for the title? I think so. If you put them in any other division, I'd say they're a Super Bowl contender. Why not? Weren't wow. they a player last Why year not? to some degree? Yeah. Two words. Quarterback? Yeah. All right. That's a good, good counter. But I love... Bruce Arians' offense. I love the talent around Palmer. I love the upgrade in Jared Valdir. They added another guard in Ted Larson, who's just for depth. They so also I, get Jonathan Cooper, their first-round pick. That's huge. Right. So yeah. they go from a huge negative on their offensive line to the left side being very intriguing. And I love that defensive talent. And uh, why not? Why couldn't they be a Super Bowl contender? Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. Carson Flacco is a lot happens. better than Carson Palmer. The current edition. That's I guess that's fair. Got one of the best I'm quarterback stretching coaches. It. I'm stretching. I admit it. <laughs> but you're right. Joe Flacco is is maybe the 15th best quarterback in the league. All you have to do is get in the playoffs and then get hot for a month. I don't, I don't think it's impossible that Carson Palmer could get hot. I mean, he has tools. But it would be shocking. I think we've seen the best of Carson Palmer most Well, in one note, and, and, and Arians has said all winner – we're not drafting a quarterback, not even on our radar. And then Daniel Jeremiah, who, remember, he's talking to all these teams. He's hearing stuff. He has them taking Derek Carr at number 20. Maybe they've fallen. Maybe it's, you know, at some point over the last couple weeks, months, they test someone, they bring someone in. They Carson Palmer's not going to be the starter for three or four years. I, you hear them say that. Who's buying that? I'm not saying this to get Greg caught in a double talk. But this is a quarterback who threw the second most interceptions last year of any quarterback, and you said a week ago that was a best-case scenario for him. That was his Phillip Rivers year. It was, Greg. I think that the offensive line help will help him. I have a lot of faith in Arians, and I think the talent around him is great. You're right. It's Palmer's the big problem with this team because the defense is great. I love the coach, and I love the talent other than Palmer. You kind of have to hide him, which is tough to do. And I would feel a little bit better if Honey Badger wasn't coming off a reconstructed knee. Yeah. 
Well, they add Antonio yeah. Cromartie, which is a boomer bust signing, but I think we all like it I relatively. Like it. Put him, Patrick For 3. Peterson. For $3.5 million, great signing. Covering right. the number two wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And that's why they were an easy team for me to rank first because they really made the only big moves with Valdir, him. Ted Ginn, I think, is a nice role player. He'll improve their return units. He'll, he'll be fine as a third receiver. They're looking. I mean, if they were in the AFC South, I would pick them to win the division over the Colts. Sure. And what about the great, talented, gifted, follically, Les Snead, mm. general manager of the St. Louis Rams? It's a team that has some pieces. On paper, they look like a team that's very close to competing. But that's a lot of, that's a lot of talent in that division. Are they going to be able to get through the gauntlet? I don't see it. And I hear people group the Rams and the Cardinals together, which makes sense, kind of these two teams coming up. But the Cardinals played great against NFC West teams. They went to Seattle and won. The Rams got waxed. I don't know if people remember those games. With or without Sam Bradford, they went 1-5, and and those games were not close. Most of them were three-score games. And they have a weird roster where they said they liked their roster. They haven't added many people. They're very confident in it. It's kind of a roster that every position is set, but it's not very exciting. They just think they're going to get better. The wide receiver group is, is kind of emblematic of that. Just a bunch of guys that are twos or threes, but not great. They're a little bit like uh, the Panthers if you took away Cam Newton. Hmm. Because their secondary gets exposed too much on defense. Their front seven's pretty good. And and I just, Sam Bradford, I, I can't figure him out. He's the most confusing player in the league to me, and I don't think he's improved in four years. Well, if, we can, if we're concerned about Honey Badger coming off a major knee injury, so is Bradford. Here's one prediction I have. I think Tavon Austin is going to be a star in this league uh, by the end of next season. And I think a lot of that will go back to what we saw from – you said that you didn't think there's a a number one guy in that wide receiver group. I think Austin can be that guy if Bradford uh, shows some growth coming off that knee injury. Mm, Sessler on Austin, a positive Sessler. Yes. They do exist. Someone did tweet at us, is there ever a positive outcome in a Sessler? Does that sound like anything but an ominous song? Because it's ominous feelings. Um, no. I was not fully briefed on the rules of these drops. No. I'm making them up as I go. I love usually, you. You're just jumping in. It's yeah, great. Usually with Sessler, his Sesslers are ominous about a serious injury. <laughs> Everyone else, it, it, there's a gleam of positivity. Is that fair, Mark? It is, but what seems unfair is to predict a big year for anyone in that offense with in no disrespect, but with Brian Schottenheimer running the and scheme, with their I just, quarterback. Yeah, I just I don't. I, it's a, it's a tough offense to predict a breakout player, especially uh, when that person weighs less than Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wait, point. but you, who's better, Sam Bradford or Carson Palmer? I'd say Carson Palmer. Well, there you have it. If you think you don't think much of Sam Bradford at all, then huh? what has he shown in the last I three they, years? I think he's they regressed are right in, the in same every category. single way. How about this? Give me your big Sam Bradford moment. His injury. He, he won the Heisman. He wasn't terrible as a rookie. He had some big there's, ups there's, and downs last year. He had a couple good no, games. But even those games, he wasn't the reason they won. Right. There will be no, no more excuses after this year, Let me ask you about this, this Tavon Austin prediction. Yes, sir. So do you see like his best-case scenario is Deshaun Jackson? Or is he even better than I that? I think he has a higher ceiling than Deshaun Jackson, potentially. But even if he, he only becomes a Deshaun Jackson type or a little lesser, that's still a Pro Bowl-type player. Jackson's a, he's a great player. Maybe when he's traded to 
a team in the other conference three years from Listen, now. Listen, oh. it's just a Sessler. That's all, that's all it is. That's all it will ever be, and we'll see how it pans out. The Rams, I think more than any team in this division, and maybe in the league, need to have a huge draft with the number two pick, the number 13 pick, whether they're going to trade down. I think they need guys that come in right away because they're, they're looking at this roster as set, and I don't think it has enough talent. It, and their free agent activity supports what they're saying, that they don't think they need much. These are the guys they added. Sean Hill as their backup, Alex Carrington, an interesting rotation guy we we kind of like, and Kenny Britt, who's just a wild card. I've got a Sessler. Sean Hill makes a start for this team before Halloween, and not because Sam Bradford suffers an injury. Wow. (laughs) That would be a negative Sessler. That's ominous. That is. And, I'm not so sure Sean Hill doesn't give them a better chance to win. And and the Rams, if they don't like what they see from Bradford midway through next year, have no reason to march out this song and dance about he's their quarterback of the future. He, they don't have to deal with him after well, next Well, like season. you said, he's coming off a torn ACL. Guys like Tom Brady have struggled coming off a torn ACL. I, I know Snead listens to the podcast. Jeff Fisher loves it. Brian Schottenheimer's a huge fan. If he's listening... Let's let's still think about taking a quarterback number two. We talked about it a little bit. Wouldn't that be fun? How about Sean Hill starts week one because he's the veteran and there's a rookie behind him, and then Johnny Football comes in, and that just would make a more now, exciting I like NFL. I like that. Wouldn't it? I like it. I love it. I you love don't, the thought. In, in today's version of the NFL, you don't draft a player number two overall and then sit That's in fine. Just start Johnny, Johnny Football. I take it back. All right. Well, you trade now I'm Sam on board. Les, Les Snead is a man to me that seems quite pleased with himself and his last couple of uh, years as a front office official. <laughs> really? What does that mean? To take a quarterback number two would to admit failure in the Sam Bradford RG3 well, he didn't, he conversation. Didn't he Sam. picked Sam Bradford. Pride cometh before yeah, the fall, he Dan. Didn't, he didn't, yes, the very fair. But he didn't pick him, but he stood by him and, and viewed him as the franchise guy. It's true. So I just don't see him quitting on him just because he played half season and blew Does he have knee. a tattoo of Sam Bradford? <laughs> <laughs> because we've seen uh, Sanchez get cut. Weirder Listen, things have happened. I don't like talking about that. All right, guys. <laughs> So that's it for the roster reset for the NFC West. We'll have another one, another two, another one. What are we doing, Greg? We've got another five. Uh, Three on Friday. Oh, on Friday. Uh, We'll do a couple more. Do a couple more on Friday. We'll talk NFL news. If there's no news, we'll make some up. That's kind of how we roll around here. Uh, But that's it. Alex Wilk, thank you for sitting in for the Gold Good to be here. Um, That's it. We'll be back on Friday. Um, Good luck with your dental visit, Mark. Thank you. Wes, I'm going to miss the gap. But I respect your decision. They'll still be around for months, I think. Okay. Uh, and, Greg, you got a nice set of teeth. Thank you. Nothing That's not true, say, but really. thanks. All right. Until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off for The Mailman, The Sizzler, The Boss, and Will Tie Behind the Glass. Until then. Sound check or anything? <coughs> yes, please cough more. <laughs> <laughs> Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants The Flames need NFL news And here's their chance It's ATL Around the league Light of flame, boys Pigskin's hot tonight Burn, baby, burn This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.